Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey Rush Nation, sorry we're a little late. Justin and I got talking um, off air and when you put the two of us together, we do... Uh, we do catch up and we do talk. So I put a tweet out saying it'd be like, oh, he's only five minutes and it's been 20 minutes. So <laughs> it's not Justin's late. It's me. We were talking and apologies. There's no Dan tonight. Um, Dan is uh, just dealing with uh, a few things. Uh, he'll hopefully be back uh, next week. And Dan, we are going to miss you. Uh, but like I said, do have an amazing guest, a very, very good friend of mine from the score fantasy football podcast and obviously the scores lead fantasy guy it is my good friend justin boone from canada just to make sure we we represent canada to <laughs> non-americans on the podcast justin so good to have you back how are you my friend i'm i'm doing well i love this time of year i love when we have so much information coming in and trying to figure it out and i love that we're not quite at the season yet we're not quite like completely mm-hmm. underwater from you know week one until well into the new year. I feel like I don't have a lot of time to make plans. I'm still sneaking some things in on the weekends right now. Although this week I was a little tough when we finally had our first week of uh, preseason games. But yeah, man, no, I'm, I'm glad to sit down and talk to you. I'm glad that you're on the road to recovery here and that we get to, to have this chat. And yeah, it's it's fun. My phone is blowing up. We were joking the whole time we were talking before the show. I was going to take full blame for us talking forever because I feel like I'm the one that always talks everybody's ear off. But we were talking and my phone is just blowing up here with all the notifications, all the news coming in. So 
it's a really exciting time of year. Well, we'll get to that in a minute because there's, there's something I want to I want to talk about because I also love this time of year. The way I kind of liken this is to that sort of pre-Christmas kind of feeling. Everyone's in a good mood. It's right around the corner. Everyone, the, the stress isn't quite there yet. Nobody's uh, 0 the and 6 classic. or 0 and 7. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> everyone's happy. Everyone's like excited. The optimism's in. We're actually watching live football. We're actually watching plays. We actually have something to talk about, which is amazing. Um, but before we get into that, just a, a little bit about you. It's been a while since you've been on. How have, uh, how are things going with the score? I know the podcast is going from strength to strength. You've got an uh, amazing roster of guests on. Uh, but how are things going with you and, and family? And Because um, I know we were going to do this a few months ago. I know you had COVID and, and you had to recover from that. But, you know, how, how is everything going? And uh, I can see all your hardware on display. You, you, <laughs> did you add some more in the off-season? Because uh, it looks a lot bigger. A little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah. I forget sometimes and I jump on, like, calls with friends and forget that that's my background. And people think I'm just, like, trying to rub it in everybody's face or brag. Like, I'm not. Like, it's just the setup for work. I joke that we had a, a sponsor a couple of years ago. I had pretty much like a white background and I won't say what sponsor, but they basically came back to us and said, I looked like I was filming hostage videos and I needed to get something <laughs> in the background. So we very quickly had to pivot and I took some stuff off the shelves and, and put it in the background and now we got something going on there. So that's, uh, that's just a little, you know, uh, behind the scenes for everybody, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. I, I did finally after, you know, couple years of avoiding COVID. I did get it earlier this year and my, my wife did too. I didn't get it that bad. Like I had it for like a week or so. She had it way worse than I did. Uh, but fortunately we both made it through fine. So no worries there. Um, yeah, things have been good. We, uh, you know, trying to setting up some traveling a little bit this year. Finally, after a couple of years getting away from that, I got a, a friend's wedding coming up at the uh, end of August. So spoiler for everybody who follows me, the, uh, Week three takeaways for the preseason. It might be a little delayed by a day or two because I'm going to be gone that weekend. So it's going to take me a bit of time to catch up on those games. I'll try to watch them on the way home. But yeah, this is a it's a great time of year. I love the summer. It's a little bit like sad when we get to this time of year, though, for me, like just on a, a personal life note, because mm -hmm. I realize that the, the fun plans are going away. Um, but that's all right. I mean, I, that's the price to pay for a job that I love to do. And, you know, I've been working now from home for four, I think we're going on five years doing full-time fantasy at the score. And it just, it couldn't be better. Like I feel, I feel so fortunate to to have this gig and to have the, the support that I have from everybody. And, and like you said, the podcast, just watching the numbers go up year over year and it's exciting. I try not to, you know, put too much of my identity in that, you know, you don't want to, you know, put too much in how many likes did I get on that? How many page views did I get on that? Is it going up? Is it, you know, I try not to do that as much anymore, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really have no complaints. People used to ask me when I was younger, I always, and how I was doing and I'd always say, I'm always good. I'm, like, I don't, I don't have real complaints even when things are bad. And I know that might sound pompous or something to say that, but I think it's just a matter of perspective. I always try to be really appreciative of everything that I have. And even when things aren't going great, you know, you try to look for the silver lining, you try to battle through, and there's times when you just got to put your head down and fight through something. And, you know, it sucks probably, but you come out the other side stronger. So I just try to, you know, stay really appreciative of life and, and positive and people who follow my podcast and know I hate talking negative. I hate yeah. talking about busts and stuff. I write that <laughs> article every year. I never want to do that to players. And most guys, there's always a range where you're going to be willing to take them. Mm. So yeah, they might be a bust at current ADP, but at some point 
I'll grab them in a draft. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here, but for me, it's just, yeah, things are, things are great. I really don't have a, a lot of complaints and I am excited for the football season, even though it means that uh, the personal life takes a bit of a hiatus for four or five months. Yeah, it does. And it's it's a massive toll on, on you and, and everyone that does this full time. Uh, one of our comments in, it's it's tough for Canadians. They live amongst the French and next to the Americans. So um... <laughs> I, I am half French. Come on now. I speak French. I went my really? parents. I didn't, know you were, I didn't know you spoke French. Halfway through elementary school. We are going way off the rails here. But half the way, half the way through elementary school, uh, my parents wanted to give me a, another challenge. And they dropped me in a, from a full English school, not into French immersion into a full French school and I was not too pleased with my parents because I felt like I went from one of the the brighter students in my class to I felt like I knew nothing I couldn't speak the same language everyone was speaking I was like why are they doing this to me but at that age I was in grade four at that age you learn it so quick it took me like a year and I felt like I was caught up to everybody and by grade eight uh, I was the president of my class and it was like it was great it ended up being a, a net positive and I went to an English high school and from there on I continued with the English uh, but I still have the French and uh, yeah half my family my mom's side's French she speaks it my sister also went to the French school so she speaks it and uh, my dad's the only one that's kind of left out sometimes if we ever decide to, to go the French route in conversation <laughs> So if I ever get you and Mark from the French Fantasy Ballers on the same podcast and you guys talk French, then I'm going to So I went on their show and we debated, should I do it in French or should we do it in English? (laughs) And I thought, like, I don't know any of the football terms in French, right? Like, it was (laughs) going to be a disaster. Um, I worked at a call center for a car company um, when I was in university. And it was Canada-wide. So it was, you could have calls from Quebec, you could have calls from anywhere. It could be French, it could be English. And the hardest part of that job was I had no idea what any of the car parts were in French. When would I have learned that? Right. So I have to put people on hold and quickly look up, you know, what's a, what's a carburetor, what's a transmission in French, right. All these different things. So it's uh, it was kind of the same. And in the end, Mark was nice enough that he did the interview in English. We talked French at the beginning for a little bit and then we went English after that, which I think for the listeners was probably best because (laughs) my French, not as sharp as it used to be. And when it comes to football stuff, I would have been lost. Someone's asking, uh, please tell me you had to wear a French sailor uniform. <laughs> no, no, there was no French sailor uniform. I think, I don't even know why I'm going to admit this, but I think my mom has a picture of me when I was a baby, when I had no say in it, where she put me in some sort of ridiculous costume like that. <laughs> but since then, ever since I could, you know, fight back, no chance. <laughs> Right, so I know we're going to have to come up with some sort of fantasy bet where that photo has to come out somewhere, <laughs> even if it's in our uh, dynasty, the score dynasty in the National League, and we keep it just to that league. Yeah, I have a privately. few of those. I was talking the other day about how I won a league uh, last year, and it was with a bunch of buddies, and I paid to get a cameo done by Gilbert Godfrey, RIP Gilbert Godfrey, oh, a couple wow. months later passed away, and he roasted the entire league, and their response, it was the Fantasy Whispers show that I was on. Yeah. And their response was, well, we got to put that video out. And I was like, there's no chance we can put that video out. That is that is a not suitable for work video. No. Oh, wow. It's amazing. Um, we have to do something with that, with the, the score. Uh, the score in National Dynasty League, which I did end your season last season. I'm not going to brag about that much more. Did. But I did my like team I fell to. apart down the stretch. I had a couple injuries and that my team was kind of just hanging on by a thread. I didn't really have any depth. I just had a nice starting lineup and... Somebody in the league had teased me about halfway through the season that I peaked too early because I was putting up yeah. 200 and something points every yeah. week. And sure enough, the injuries hit. And uh, I didn't even make the playoffs in that league, actually. No. I think I lost 
like three or four straight games at the end. And our division, we have it broken up as uh, United States versus the, the rest of the world, the international group. And the international division, those teams are a lot stronger at the moment, I want to say. There's a couple of good teams on the other side, but the international division is very, very tough to get through right now. Yeah, we, we definitely crushed it. That half of the division is, is definitely much tougher. And uh, the boys from Brazil ended up taking home the title. They I think they eliminated me at the semifinal uh, stage. Um, I blame uh, the front yard fantasy guys because um, Tara is in our league. She went on their show um, in the quarterfinals of the playoffs and then got eliminated. And then I went on their show at the semifinal stage <laughs> and got eliminated. Curse. All right. So I'll I make sure to never fault. go on that show then. Good to know. Not not during the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> not with that league. I'm just going to give you the heads up now. Uh, anyway, we're here to talk about wide receivers. Um, and before we get into just sort of talking about wide receivers, we like ADP ones. We don't like ADP. Some steals, some values there. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforumc.org. The one thing I see every year now is now we've had a few rookies break out in the last few years, the Justin Jeffersons, the, the Jamar Chase. The expectation level of rookies has elevated so much. I mean, we're talking, we've gone from, you're probably drafting one rookie max in a redraft league if you think there's a steal and there's a value maybe in the late rounds and you want to take a chance to now these guys are going really early in drafts. I mean, compared to where they were previously, we're talking about seventh, eighth round um, sort of picks. And then this, this, this thirst for camp noise and it's about people trying to find not just a diamond in the rough. They're trying to find like gold dust. in the rough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the this desire to find something that nobody's ever found. And we've got players that were taken in the seventh round of the NFL draft, but they're all of a sudden going to have an, a Hall of Fame career. What's your sort of take on this? I don't want to call it buzz because it's beyond buzz, but camp noise, camp myths, and how do you disseminate this whole what's possible and what is, like, what's news that is news and then what is stuff that we should just chuck in the bin and just completely ignore when it comes to mostly wide receivers because I feel like they get the most buzz, but just in general players uh, in in this off season period, like what should we be focusing on 
when it comes to this sort of news? What's the stuff that's important and what's the stuff that we can just chuck in the bin and it's just noise and fade it out? I don't know if there's one you know thing that I could point to and, and say that's the answer. I think it's really case by case. And I know that's not what people want to mm. hear. They want the easy answer, right? Mm. Nobody wants to go into the gray area. Everybody just wants it to be yeah. black and white, you know, zero or one, that's it. It's not like that. You have to look at each case individually. For me, one of the big things I'm looking for is I'm never overreacting to one person's opinion, especially if not if it's coming from somebody within the team, because often what are they going to say? If you ask someone about a player, even if he is the seventh receiver on the depth chart, the coach isn't going to say anything negative. He's going to say that he's working hard. And, and then we're, all of a sudden we're going to see people aggregate. So-and-so is working hard and you know maybe he'll have a chance. Well, yeah, maybe he'll have a chance, but the coach is just going to say something nice to encourage the player, right? Most of the time. What I am looking for is multiple people. I want people from the team saying positive things. I want the beat writers saying positive things. I want fans posting videos of positive things happening at practice. I want everyone. I want as many possible sources. And that's a mm. lot to ask. You normally won't get that for a lot of players. Yeah. I'll point to a guy like George Pickens as someone who, as much as you know, everyone does get crazy about this camp buzz, I think that's a player where we're only seeing everything pointing in one direction. We're seeing like everything looking like this guy could be a potential star. That doesn't mean he's going to be. Maybe we'll talk about the Steelers wide receiver core at some point here, but he's got a lot of guys that he's going to have to pass on the depth chart in order to get enough to produce this season. But that's the kind of player and the kind of buzz around him where literally everyone around the Steelers, everyone within anything of Pittsburgh is talking really positively about him. So that's the kind of thing where you have to look at, you know, a guy like Romeo Dubs, really exciting as well. Doesn't have the same draft capital though. Doesn't have the same prospect profile, but he's looking really good. And he's in a situation where he might get even more opportunity than a George Pickens could possibly get. But then at the same time goes up against Jair Alexander, their best corner and Jair Alexander just dusts him, right? He shuts mm. him right down. So that's a little bit of a reality check on that one, right? Dub still has a, a ways to go here <laughs> potentially before we could make him a, a fantasy starter. Still a late round guy that you might want to target, but before we get too crazy and we move him into, you know, the top 50 or something like that, still has a little bit of ways to go. So for me, it's just, it's case by case on all of these. In general, whether it's free agents or rookies, I try to take into account that they've been in the headlines all off season long for the most part. The guys, mm. they've changed teams. This is their first time out at practice with these guys. That's a story. This is their first time catching a touchdown on this team. That's So they're getting all these headlines and they're in your face, in your face. And I think that has an effect on ADPs and people's general perception mm. of them. And people know those names now and they get excited about those players because it's something new and what could it potentially be. But at the same time, you have situations like Matthew Stafford going to the Rams last year, which was one that was obvious to me where you had everything in place for that offense to be great. Mm. And then you put a quarterback in there that could actually make them great. And that's what happened. Now this year, Russell Wilson going to Denver, something similar, right? So mm. it's, it's very difficult to kind of get through all of this stuff. That's why for me, I want to pay attention to all these preseason games. I want to be on top of all the news. Like I said, looking at all these notifications coming through. I want to see all of this stuff. I want to take it in. And then I want to make a decision for myself on whether I think that player has a chance or not. And I, even I have to watch my language with these guys mm -hmm. because where I might say I'm excited about a player in my head, I might know, well, that only means that his high end, you know, chances to be a wide receiver three this year in fantasy. Whereas if I say I'm excited about a player, some people might hear that and think 
I think he's going to be in the top 20 or the top 15, right? So even we have to like qualify our excitement or our disdain for different players as we're trying to weed through this stuff. Couldn't agree more. And and a couple of things I want to add on this. The things I care about in this period now is we're in game scenarios. I care about the amount of snaps that they play and I care about where they're lining up, who they're lining up ahead of, what they're doing, the impact they're having in game situations. That's the stuff I care about more because this is where you start to find those gems. We're talking the James Robinsons if something happens to, say, a Leonard Fournette in Jacksonville a couple of years ago. If you were all over that situation, you knew that you had to get Robinson the second Fournette got cut because you knew or you had a good, you know, but you had enough intelligence that pointed towards Robinson being the guy based on what we'd seen on the field. We'd seen this with, you know, other examples, um, you know, we think Philip, back a Philip Lindsay years a few years Lindsay, back that was when he was in was Denver, in right? Yeah. I have a, a, I have a dynasty league. I'm in the fantasy pros dynasty league. And I feel like there's been like every couple of years I've plucked that guy, especially mm-hmm. at running back. I had Philip Lindsay when he had a couple thousand yard seasons with Denver, I got James Robinson and I've gotten a couple of good seasons out of him. If you stay on top of this stuff this time of year, it can make a huge difference on your teams. I mean, redraft, by the time most redraft leagues go at the end of August, you probably have a better idea with some of this stuff. So you might not get as many unless something pops up in the days just leading up to your draft. But especially with Dynasty, you know, from mini camp time to, to now, trying to find that stuff and, and act on it and not be too scared to drop that guy that's been sitting on your roster for a mm. while and, you know, that deep re- receiver. But maybe what if everything falls in place? It could happen for him. You got to be willing to move on from those guys and and take chances on the upside of some of these other players in the right situation. Because we have some teams, you can't even believe some of the stuff you hear, right? Like Tyler Algier yeah. being eighth or whatever he was in the depth chart, you know, like that's crazy. It's like nonsense. he's obviously not going to be eighth by, you know, a week or two from now. But <laughs> some teams want to treat it that way and they want to push these players to try to work their own way up the depth mm. chart. It, but that's one way. You have other teams that are going to just react immediately and put the guy into the starting lineup, even if they're a rookie. So you got to know the differences between those teams. And it's tough. It's difficult even for us. There's, there's just no easy answer. No, there isn't. And I think for me, what I, what I like this time of year is those situations where we don't have a lot of clarity, especially on teams that aren't very good. And you're looking for those one or two fantasy players that could just break out. And I'm talking about the Chicago Bears where there's no competition, really. You're talking about Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, and then you got what Byron Pringle, uh, and Quinius St. Brown, the oldest the running backs. Ever. I mean, they're going to have to throw yeah. the running backs a bunch too, Exactly right? that. So you want to look at that situation. Atlanta, Drake London, Carpets, Cordell Patterson, who's lining up behind Patterson? Is it going to be Williams? We think it's going to be Williams. Is that the case? Is Patterson lining up outside. Does that mean Williams gets on the field more? Does Algier get on the field as a result of that situation? You know, these are the kind of edges in those ambiguous. Listen, we know how the Bills are going to line up. We know how. But do we? Even they've changed offensive coordinators this year, right? So there could be little wrinkles that are different in that. There could be. But we, you know, we have a good. Yeah, obviously you want to get the tight edges, but you know how quite. You know, the Rams. Yes, there's been a little change. 
see how Alan Robinson fits in, but we kind of know the jigsaw pieces. It's just about volume numbers and who's going to get what. Is Gabe Davis really going to be the thing that people kind of expect and all those sorts of things. There's some question marks, but we kind of know the key players at least, and we just want to keep an eye on, on whether they're worth the values that they're at. But there's so many teams, like the Texans' backfield. Like, that's a minefield. We think it's Marlon Mack, but actually we need to see that. Is and you get that information in the next couple of games, and these are the types of situations I think you can exploit if you're in drafts now or you're in drafts in the next couple of weeks, because the ADP won't catch up in time. It will t- it will be too late by preseason game three to when you draft. The ADP won't catch up, so the ADP will have Mac as the starter, and people who haven't watched the preseason games will think Mac is the starter, but maybe Mac isn't the starter. Maybe it's Daro Gumbawale. Maybe it's um, Damon Pierce, like we don't, we don't know yet, and like that's the kind of stuff I think you can. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Make those late round gambles on that could pay off. You know, uh, San Francisco, Trey Sermon, could he get that job? Like, there's so many things that... I think that this is where I love this type of season because the ones that are dialed on and switched on will take a couple of calculated risks that could really hit back. And they might not, but they're willing to take the, 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 the tiniest risk for the biggest reward. And that's what it's all about. It's just yeah. putting yourself in the best possible positions. Not every one of these players that you pick up is going to yeah. hit, but you're just trying to put yourself in position to grab a couple of these guys and hope that you got the one, the the Philip Lindsay or the James Robinson or whoever it may be that kind of comes out of nowhere and ends up being an actual difference maker that season. It's just trying to put yourself in, in good spots. And, and that's what we're here to kind of help with. That's what we try to, to help everybody do. And we're going to do that in just a second. I have one more thing, which is just, can we all stop being Twitter doctors? Like, can we just stop this now? Because <laughs> Ryan Jensen, Suffering ATL, he's out for the season. There's a picture of him last week standing on that leg on full weight. No crutches. I'm not saying he's playing week one, but that kid ain't out for the season. There's no chance he's out for the season if he's standing with no crutches on full weight. Zach Wilson, he's out for the season. The amount of people that went out, happened in our league, that went out and got Joe Flacco, he's out for the season, he's gone. See you later. He's going to be back by week two? Now, time out. I went out and got Joe Flacco in that league. Oh yeah, you but did. I don't have a second great quarterback in that league, so I, I needed I need the help at quarterback, even if I can get a game or two. <laughs> I have a dynasty league last year where I had it was a startup league last year. I drafted Joe Burrow and I drafted Trey Lance, thinking Lance would start last season at some point, and he didn't. But my team was doing well, 
and down the stretch, and he got a couple starts. I was able to use him at some point middle of the season, but down the stretch in that league, I started guys. I'm trying to think of all the backups that got starting like starts last year down the stretch. It was like Nick Damn. Mullins, I think, started for me at one point on the Browns. It was like every awful Blau, backup. Yeah, I think I picked up games. Geno Smith and got like, you know, four starts out of Geno Smith, and I won the title by doing that. So I'm I'm hoping that in in our league I can pull off something similar or get lucky and find a quarterback that steps up and actually wow. does okay. But I know what you're saying. the The thing is, I think there are like anything we were talking before the show. One of my pet peeves is always you know people that that aren't good at their jobs, people who don't you know take a lot of pride in their work. I'm not saying that's the case with these a lot of the the medical analysts. I think they're all trying to do their best. I think what they're trying to do is very very difficult because they're trying to assess these guys off of videos and they're not there to actually check them out and, you know, do the test that they would do when they were hands-on. Are they rushing to judgment a little bit? Yes. And, but we see a lot of that in the fantasy industry, not just with the injury analysts, with everybody that wants to throw out hot takes and stuff like that. Right. And that's why me, if anything, I think sometimes I probably go the other way with it where I'm bad for just saying like all the different possible outcomes. I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. But then I'm also going to lay out the different things that I see happening and the different potential outcomes that could come down because we don't know for sure, right? It is all a game of probabilities. So I, I think there are some, like anything, you could look at the different injury analysts and I think there's some who are better than others and there's some that mm-hmm. are a little more guarded in their responses and their analysis and there's some that want to try to be the first one and get it right. And everybody's just trying to do their own thing and, you know, what makes them happy. So I want to take in all that information. Going back to, like we said about the training camp buzz, the injury stuff, I want to read what everyone has to say. I have a feeling who I know is, you know, a little bit more accurate over the years at doing this. So I'll put their opinions a little bit higher. But still, I want to see what everyone has to say and figure out if I can find a consensus or if I can put that together with what I know from years of doing fantasy and following the NFL and try to figure out if I can come up with what I think is going to happen or, a, you know, the more the stronger potential outcome there. So I think there's value in it. I just think it can be really dangerous when you're out there saying that guys are out for the season. And Zach Wilson, I don't think we're 100 percent for sure yet. They're going to do the surgery. They're going to open them up and then they'll know exactly what his timeline is going to be at that point. But they are hopeful that it's going to be on the shorter side of things, two to four weeks and that he'll be back. But yeah, it's, it's very difficult. And, and like we were joking for the show, I've, I've muted a few people uh, over the last year or two, just because I follow so many accounts now. And, you know, I have so many people on the show, so many people that I interact with on Twitter, but uh, you know, some of the content I, you know, don't uh, think is going to help me as much as some of the other content that I see come across my feed. So everybody should be like that. You should be following the people who you feel that you can trust the most, and it shouldn't just be one person. People want to say, oh, those come check out my draft kit. No, no, no. Go look at everybody's stuff. Go look at a bunch of different people's stuff. Find a, a handful or a, a dozen analysts that you like, and then try to come up with your own opinion based on the content they're putting out. That's the most fun. That's what I did before I was in the fantasy industry. That's what I think people should be doing. I completely agree. And I, th- I think, you know, what I try and do in my sort of niche in this space is for me, is I try and give people the background behind the strategy side, what I look for, what I'm trying to build things off, what I look for, and then try and pass that on to people so that they can form their not just their own opinions, but they can start to mold and understand the game from a different perspective. And all I try and do is 
paint it from a strategic side, different perspectives, different things. And it's as you, I've always said, it's the same as you've just said there, finding the people that you agree with, that you find that you align yourself with. And it might be a one position, right? It might be your rankings on wide receiver just completely align with the way that I think, but I completely disagree with you on quarterback. That's completely fine because you just curate that and you go, right, I'm going to take Justin's rankings on wide receiver. I'm going to take Adam Ranks on running backs. I'm going to take Matthew Berry's on quarterbacks. And then you take a couple of different guys and the ones that you really follow, you get their rankings or draft kits or whatever, and then you just go from there. And you should just go from there and go, right, I'm now going to form my own almost mini consensus based on the people I like and come up with my own sort of rankings based off taking the averages and then moving guys up and down based on how I feel on. I actually think Trey Lance is going to be better than Matthew Stafford this year. So I'm going to move him up, even though the consensus might have him very close. And then that's where you get your rankings, your tiers, because that way you've got the guys that you trust you help them to build a consensus and then you just go with a little bit of gut and feel and you're going to be much harder to play against because smart players will realize, oh, you're drafting off ADP or you're drafting off fantasy pros consensus. People can work that stuff out Yeah, when they start seeing who you're selecting. Like I've been in drafts and I have seen, I worked out that someone was drafting off Adam Rank's rankings. <laughs> Literally just his rankings. I could just see exactly who it was. So I knew if I if there were certain players yeah, I you wanted. You could use it to your advantage. Oh, uh, yeah. I just went up and sniped him and just went up and moved up. He's like, oh, why'd you keep taking my players? And I'm like, because you're <laughs> And I told him, I told him right before he selected his kicker in the last round, I was like, because you're using Adam, Adam Rank's draft rankings. He's like, how do you know? I said, because I've read them. I know how you're drafting. I can see. Like, I, I worked it out. Yeah. <laughs> So I pulled up Adam Rank's draft rankings on my laptop and I just started starring players. I went, oh, I'm going to have to go around earlier to get him if I really want him on my team. That's a rare instance, though, where you were actually <laughs> able to figure thing. it out on the fly. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it can happen. And that's my point. But let's talk wide receivers now. Um, that's why people are here. So <laughs> we're going to talk about um, some of our favorites at ADP. And if you're if you're watching this on Twitter and want to get involved and ask some questions, we'll get to some questions at the end. Feel free to just post them in the chat. We don't see the Twitter questions. So if you want to log on to YouTube um, and ask them there or Facebook or wherever else that we're on now on the live stream, um, do feel free to pop some questions through at the end and we'll we'll try and answer them. But let's talk about some favorite wide receivers at ADP. Uh, Boone, who, who have you got here at current ADP that you're trying to snag in as many drafts as possible? I think you briefly mentioned him earlier. Darnell Mooney. Darnell mm. Mooney. So I don't know what ADP we want to go off of. I think you had initially, you were looking at the fantasy pros one and that they sort of take like an aggregate of a bunch of different sites. And that's useful because... There are a lot of sites that, and I think we touched on this already, that are kind of behind in sort of figuring this stuff out. And we'll see those ADPs kind of get up to date over the next couple of weeks as there's more like live drafts happening. Um, but if you look at the Fantasy Pros ADP, he's wide receiver 29. He's going at pick 71. I have him as wide receiver 18, and he's going in my rankings at pick 39. And that is one of the biggest, like, differences that I have in all of my rankings, I think for anyone. And it really just comes down to volume, but it's also, this is a guy that we saw last year already break out, had 81 receptions over a thousand yards, only four touchdowns, a guy who's really dedicated himself over this off season. He knew that this bigger opportunity was coming. 
he said he added 13 pounds of muscle here to try to take on some of that and not get banged up and, you know, injured during the season. And you look at what he did last year. So he was limited to the 31st most fantasy points per game among wideouts. Finished 18th in average targets. 18th in average targets is pretty good considering his situation last year. And mm. now, like you were talking about, who is his competition? Cole Komet will be there. I like Cole Komet as a, a low end. Maybe maybe if he gets lucky and gets all the way up into the, the mid-range tight end one, like he could mm. have a pretty good year based on the volume as well. And then other than that, there's no one proven in this offense to the point where they're trying to pump up like Tajay Sharp as their number two receiver potentially at this point, like it is, it is rough there, but what it means is massive volume for Darnell Mooney and eight of the 10 leaders in average targets per game last year finished as top 12 fantasy receivers. So I don't see anything really stopping Mooney from getting up into that range. Now their offensive line, a lot of question marks there. One of the worst lines mm -hmm. in the league, that could be a problem, but Mooney is going to get a ton of volume here. I see a really big season for him based on that. And I'm chasing that volume. If you're looking at, if you're trying to find these, these deeper guys, late round guys, you want to look for volume. If you're trying to find the guys that could go absolutely nuclear and potentially jump, you know, way out of what they've done in the past and get up into, you know, the top 15 or so, which I think is possible here. Mm. You got to chase that, that significant volume. And there's a good chance he's going to finish as a top 10 receiver in targets. And that's going to put him somewhere way higher than he has ever been in fantasy. So for me, that makes him a, a top 18 receiver this year. A hundred percent. And I'm, I'm still believe that they will sign someone. I still think there is a few wide receivers out there that they could sign who could come in. I do think they need a decoy out there. I don't think Byron Pringle or Equinia St. Brown or Vellis Jones, um, James Washington? No, not James Washington. No, right. James Washington in Dallas. Nikhil Harry, but he's injured. A yeah, lot of these right. guys have gotten banged up too, right? Like Byron Pringle's hurt right now. Nikhil yeah. Harry's hurt. Um, a lot of injuries in there. That's why a guy like Tanja Sharp is getting some run here with the first team offense in uh, these training camp games and these uh, preseason games. But yeah, I just, I don't know who's out there, Murph. Like Will Fuller, like, I don't know who's out there who's going to be able to come in and, and really make a significant impact in this offense. And yeah, that's scary from the standpoint of, are they going to be able to just completely go after Mooney and try to shut him down? It's definitely worrisome. But last year, I mean, Allen Robinson wasn't really drawn a lot of attention either. Like Allen Robinson did not have a great season in that offense. He was basically a decoy out there all year long. So I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't see anything stopping him from getting just as much possible volume as his body can handle. And that's another concern is I hope he doesn't break oh. down this year. Yeah. 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 Sorry guys. Internet just sort of blew up there a, a little bit there. Um, heat wave. It's obviously affecting. Yeah. No. Um, so I, I heard, and obviously the recording might cut out there. So it was, uh, we talk about, there's not many free agent guys out there. You mentioned Will Fuller, um, and then, obviously, Cole Beasley. There's a few guys out there, potentially. Uh, and no who, one's really who, been linked to them is also kind no. of an interesting fact. None of the guys out there have really been linked to them. And I wonder if this really comes down to just that front office wanting to, like, going into this season, knowing they're probably going to have a bad year and they're going to kind of rebuild with the players they want next season. And they're really not doing much. They didn't do that much to address the offensive line. A couple no. pickups, but not a ton. 
they didn't do much to address the receiving core. Like you start to wonder if, you know, how committed they are to winning this season, which is odd considering they have so much young talent on their offense. I, yeah, absolutely. I do think you're going to get players that will play for just above the, the league minimum. Um, and you might get an agent call them and say, hey, I can Adam Humphreys sort of player who, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, well, a few years ago at Tampa in that slot role was very useful. I think they could just do with a guy like that, model professional. You don't want a Cole Beasley. You don't want a circus. You want to get a guy who's an honest professional who will play for a million bucks. Uh, yeah, a million bucks is a significant amount of money, but it's just above <laughs> the league minimum, right? And I think I think that's where they're going to get someone. They're going to get someone who's willing to play for that one million with incentives to say, "Hey, you need someone. We got a guy who just wants to play." And I think the the, the front office will do that because why wouldn't you? You got to spend the cap anyway. We got to spend a, a portion of the cap, at least eighty percent of it. And the, the Bears are close to that number anyway, so. Maybe they don't, but I, that's, I think Moody just needs another guy. He just needs another guy just to shield a few targets away, just to even run some some some, some dummy runs. Um, they I certainly think... need it. I'm also hopeful that the new coaching staff is going to be a pretty significant upgrade. Yeah. I talked about Alan Robinson's oh, struggles. <laughs> I mean, some of the stories that have come out, you know, over the last year about what that Matt Nagy coaching staff was like, it's you think anything would be an upgrade at this point. So that's also pretty good for Mooney where he's talking about how they're moving him around the formation and they're trying to find ways to get him open. What a novel concept. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm going to move on to one of my favorite guys. Um, I talked about him on your show last year. Um, Deontay Johnson for me. I know there's the contract stuff. I know that there's this and that stuff will get sorted. I've got no doubt in my mind. We're seeing these wide receivers getting paid. Deontay wants his. He's earned his. It will happen. I'm not. He, he got the contract. They gave him a small contract. They gave him a two-year deal, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. So I know that that's, I know that he got fined and, and there was a few little things that they're sort of ironing out. But yeah, it does look like that. It, those things always resolve themselves. I'm never worried about that sort of thing. But we're talking about a guy who in PPR was the wide receiver eight last year. He was one yard <laughs> Point one of a point behind Stefan Diggs and the wide receiver seven after 17 games. You're talking about a player who is seeing, whether you want to believe this or not, he's seeing an upgrade at quarterback, whether it's Trubisky. We're seeing a guy who can throw the ball, who is going to be better than what Ben Roethlisberger put together. I know Ben Roethlisberger's experience, he's probably going to go in the Hall of Fame, but we know last season he was pretty much cooked. He was at the end of his career, that throwing arm and elbow were, were not quite there. I just think the battle's going to be on who's going to get those other spots. And again, I like wide receiver cores where they're going to be high volume, but you're also going to get players who are talents. And I think George Pickens is going to work his way into this rotation. There's definitely a spot at that three spot. That's definitely not nailed down for anyone. Claypool, it's a big year for Claypool because, you know, Claypool is coming off that end of season run where his professionalism was questioned, um, the way that you know he cost his team a game through a lack of maturity, his work ethics being questioned, there's not been the best noises in terms of him as a professional, and these things happen, right? And he's a young man; he can he's got plenty of time to figure this out. I'm not right now. I'm not writing off Chase, Chase Claypool, but you know you have got vacated targets on that team. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's gone. 
they will play a lot of three wide. I think you're going to get Pickens in there. I think Pickens is, is going to be good. I don't think he's, I don't want to say he's going to be fantasy relevant the first half of the season, but I do think at some point he's going to be worthy of that waiver wire pickup because I don't think he's going to get drafted in many leagues. Be someone you definitely I think he will after this preseason. I well, think he's maybe, have to. yeah, maybe he sneaks. I up, think if but... he continues what he did in that first preseason game, yeah, if this yeah, keeps yeah. up, I think he's he's yeah. probably gonna. People are gonna start to realize from those highlights. On top of the fact that I mean, they've already started making his gold jacket for the Hall of Fame. Like <laughs> pick, pick his lock it down, Hall of Famer. That's true. And, and to be honest, he's got, as you say, he's got the opportunity. You got you got Claypool, big question mark. But I'll go back to Deontay Johnson here. We know Deontay Johnson is he is the guy who is going to cement all of this volume. We know he's going to get a hugely significant amount of volume this season. We know his role. We know it's defined. He's got an upgrade at quarterback who's going to be more accurate, who's going to be better. You've got a great run game. You've got a good offensive line. You've all the pieces there of a player who, you know, we're talking about, as again, I said this, wide receiver eight last season. He's going off the board at wide receiver 17 in PPR leagues. Like that's, it's mind-boggling how we've got a player who finishes the wide receiver eight is in a better situation with a better quarterback and he's dropped nine spots. I like, think, how, I, how I think people happen? are going to disagree. Cause I'm one of them Murph. Yeah. I'm, I have him at wide receiver 21 right now. I have him even lower. Yeah. But you didn't like him last season. <laughs> I, it's true. It's true. But I think some of the things you're saying, I could paint the complete opposite picture. I mean, I get that the guys that have come in have better arms in terms of strength. They could push the ball downfield and they're probably more willing to push the ball downfield because they trust their arms a little more in terms of strength. And we're seeing it. Even some of the reports out of, of practice are saying that they're willing to take more chances and that's helped a guy like a uh, George Pickens. Um, but in terms of what Ben did, you know, pre-snap the type of quarterback, the decision-making, you can't tell me that that's going to get any better here. And you can't tell me that, the fact that a Trubisky is willing to take chances downfield more and, and pick it as well. The fact that Pickett potentially could run a little more, you know, Ben, definitely not something that was in Ben's repertoire late in his career. Uh, those are all things that I think could take away from Johnson on top of the fact that Chase Cape Claypool complete in the doghouse last year. You mentioned it, all the different weird things that were going on with him. I don't know what that was all about. He could potentially come back and from what we're hearing and he's getting Brandon Marshall to mentor him and all this stuff. Maybe he comes back and he's you know reinvigorated. He kickstarts his career because the potential for him is still there. George Pickens, whether you think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, whether you think you know he's just going to be a good player, we both agree he's going to step in and take away some looks better than whatever James uh, Washington was giving them in that number three role. They also have Pat Fryermuth, that tight end, who had a really good rookie season for a tight end. Figure he continues his development. Najee Harris definitely can catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. I don't think he's going to get as much with the new quarterbacks as he did with Ben throwing all the dump offs to him. So I think there's a lot of things that you could look at kind of going either way. For me, it really boils down to the fact that I don't know that these quarterbacks are going to have the same connection with Deontay Johnson also in part because of the contracting and he wasn't there for a lot of practices and because he's dealing with a hip flexor right now. So he's also missed time because of that. So he's not getting the same practice time as a guy like George Pickens is out there. I think I saw when we were talking that Chase Claypool is back at practice today. So we'll keep an eye on the injury, but 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Guys, are you trying to stay in 20-year-old shape into your 30s and 40s and finding it, well, impossible? Then you need to listen to this. Beachbody, the company that revolutionized getting ripped at home with P90X and Insanity, has a brand new program just for you called Lift 4. It's part lift. It's part hit. With total body shredding results in just 30 to 40 minutes a day, right at home on the Beachbody On Demand app. That's how you get killer results as an adult. Go to Beachbody.com to sign up now, and you can try Live 4 for free. That's Beachbody.com. I think the situation has changed. I don't think it's better for Johnson this year. So for me, I I actually look at him as someone that I'm not really drafting that often. And I'm taking someone like Mooney over him because as much as Johnson was getting so much volume before, I'm not sure those guys haven't flipped in in terms of the kind of volume they're going to get this year. Yeah, I, I, I think his volume is pretty locked. 169 targets last year. I can't see there being much regression there. And the thing I, I 169 see 169 targets is a lot of targets, Murph. It's, like, yeah, I don't have the list targets. in front of me, but you think he's going to be right back up? Like, that must have put him. I don't have it in front of me. I could look it up. But I, I, that must have put him right in, what, the top five, top ten in terms of targets? That put him That put him second. There you go. I, Second no, in targets. That's a lot of targets for him to get. I think he could be down maybe in the, the 130, 140 range this year with but, some of those but, other talents they have there. Yeah, I, but he's second in targets. There's a lot of guys behind him who would have probably finished higher if they played a full quarter of games. I mean, I know Deontay Johnson missed one. I think you look at 169 targets. I think I don't see it dropping below 160 because there is so many vacated targets. Washington's not going to get in the picture. You're looking at Juju Smith-Schuster leaving. And then the other thing is, on top of those 169 targets, you know, only 63% of those passes were completed to him. It was a quite a significantly low number, and that's because a lot of the time the ball wasn't getting there. Um, you know, it was <laughs> Now he's going to have another problem. Trubisky's going to be sailing it over his well, head. <laughs> and that could happen, right? But I, 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 I get what you're saying. I think there's been a lot of uncertainty, but you know, he's in a tried and tested system where we know there is a significant wide receiver. He's got the same situation. He, he you know, we, we're in a situation now with that team where we, we know what they look like. Don't think Najee Harris is going to be run off the rails as much as he was last season. I mean, Najee Harris in the first half of last season was on record pace for the amount of touches in a, in a running back was going to get in the season. Like he was going to threaten that record. They tailed it off towards the end when, you know, they realized they were going to run the wheels off the bloke. And and I think that's the difference I, I see in someone like Deontay Johnson is, I, I get it. 169 targets is a lot. Second highest in the NFL last season for amongst wide receivers. I just don't see dropping that much. He might drop nine, but that's still 160 targets. They're still going to throw the ball a lot because that's what the Steelers do. And I think there's so much uncertainty with these other guys. I think Pickens might come good in the end. Like second half of the season, I think Claypool might put it together. Second half of the season. But the tried and tested route on that team right now is Deontay Johnson. Provided he's healthy. That's the only real question mark we've got here is, is he healthy? But we know that first half of the season, he's going to get a ton of the ball because he's the only guy, really, that has done it in that role significantly and consistently. And that's I hope you're I right. Talent-wise, I'm definitely rooting for him. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one, but I like the debate on it because I do think he's 
I still think at that price, he's still well worth it. Do you have another guy at ADP that you think is an absolute steal? Uh, the other one at ADP for me, and you might hate me because I think you wanted to talk about these guys later on for one of the other questions, but uh, Rashad Bateman is the other one. Yeah. I just was looking at guys that sort of are the most significant difference for me in terms of where I have them ranked versus where their ADPs are and yeah. where they're going. So uh, for Bateman, what do we say for fantasy pros? He is wide receiver 38, pick, pick 92. 92. I, that is way behind. That is going to have to update. Like if you look at underdog right now, he's going and it's best ball a little different, but I think those ADPs are a little more up to date with where things are going to be. He's wide receiver 26 and he's going at pick 54 there. Uh, for me, I have him at wide receiver 24 and pick 46 overall. He was a guy that I was already into even before they traded away Marquise Brown based on what he did last yeah. season to come in after being hurt at the beginning of the year, having this really odd rookie season where he's injured and then he comes in and then Lamar is not there down the stretch and still for him to put up pretty good stats and show that he really flashed some number one attributes there. Like you look at what he did top 50 yards and three of his first four outings, like to come in and do that in this Ravens offense. That's mm. something to be said for that. Had that big seven catch 103 yard game against the Browns and had a 21% target share when he was on the field. So that's pretty good for a guy that was kind of written off a little bit as the year went along. And you figure in that Ravens attack and with the injuries, at the beginning of the season, Lamar not there that he's really not going to be able to do that much. Still put up some pretty good stats. You got a lot of vacated targets there. Now you have Marquise Brown gone and out of the way and allowing him to kind of step up into that number one receiver role. Now, I do. I will say the caveat is Mark Andrews, in my mind, is still the number one guy there. Bateman might eventually emerge as that top guy, but they have one of those weird teams where they have a tight end that yeah. is actually sort of their number one receiver. But still, going to be a really condensed passing game. We had hopes for uh, James Prochet and Devin Duvernay and Tylon Wallace. Maybe one of those guys could step up. I know Wallace is injured now. Mm -hmm. Prochet is missing time. Like no one's really been talking that much about Devin Duvernay kind of taking on a big role. So it's going to be really I like condensed. Him. I like him too, but and I, mm -hmm. I like, I like Prochet actually. I thought that initially yeah, we did get some reports that he was going to be able to do something, but right now I think it's going to be a really condensed mm -hmm. target uh, share there where you're going to just have, your target tree where you're just going to have Andrews and Bateman getting a lot of work. And from what we're hearing out of practice, Bateman is looking like the real deal yeah. as a, a profile of a guy that is going to be a number one in the NFL, his prospect profile coming out. So someone that I'm really excited about and someone else that I'm taking a bit of a leap on this one, because we haven't seen him do it yet, but he's stepping into a role where they need him to be the number one, where the glimpses we've seen so far is that he's capable of stepping up and being a number one. And Lamar hopefully will stay healthy this year and that offense will be able to hit their stride. Completely agree. And the two guys I had that I, I put to massively outperform ADP were Darnell Mooney and Rashad Bateman. And I'm with you on Rashad Bateman. One of the things that we haven't covered here about Bateman is just on what he did last year, massive positive touchdown regression candidate. You know, he scored one touchdown last year off 515 yards off 60... 67 targets, 46 receptions. You know, he underperformed by close to three touchdowns just on the volume. Like, that will correct, that will aggregate to the mean. So even it, and we know he's going to get a lot more volume because he's not going to miss the first eight games like he did last season. Knock so on wood. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> so we have that. 
he's going to play more. And like he said, it's an outstanding performance. He trended. If he'd taken his second half split, he would have averaged, he would have finished with over a thousand yards for the season. And don't forget, he did that with a, a backup quarterback for half of those games. You know, Lamar Jackson missed time and he still managed to get the job done. I'm totally with you on Bateman. I think Bateman is a huge steal in drafts. There's, I can't see. I can't see unless he gets injured. I cannot see how he doesn't finish as a as a wide receiver too as a minimum. I can't see how he doesn't finish in that top twenty four. It just it just doesn't it doesn't compute with me. I cannot see a way in which with the volume, the opportunity, with the quarterback in in Lamar Jackson, I can't see how he doesn't finish there if everyone remains healthy for the majority of the season. Yeah, you're looking when we're trying to find these breakout guys, these guys that are going to significantly outproduce the ADP. It really comes down to two things. It's when talent and opportunity meet, right? When you have those things come together, that's where you're searching for these breakout guys. And Bateman, though he hasn't done it yet, has all those things. He checks all those boxes. So let's hope he can come through for us. Absolutely. I'm going to talk about one guy really quickly and because I've talked about him a lot. It's Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is currently going off the board at wide receiver 21. He's going off the board at pick 54. If you look at sleeper ADP, I do think sleeper ADP is slightly better. Uh, he's going off the board here at sleeper. At... My screen just froze there a second. That's Chris Godwin. Uh, well, he's actually going low. He's going at 25 on sleeper, which I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. People were concerned about his health. Fine. But he's practicing. He's on the practice field. I know he's not fully practicing, but he's practicing. He's likely to play week one. Even if he doesn't play week one, he's going to be back by week two. I have always said all season that this whole, we've got to get out of this mindset of ACL nine months automatic done you know humans heal at different rates all off season those beat writers have said he is trending ahead of schedule all off season and i every draft i've done i've managed to come away with chris godwin almost exclusively because you're talking about a guy who a couple of years ago was the wide receiver three in fantasy football you've got one of the great we've got the greatest quarterback of all time but you've got a very efficient quarterback in a very efficient system and people are saying Arians is gone, no risk it, no biscuits dead. It's still the same offensive coordinator. They're still whatever Brady run. wants. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever Brady wants. And Brady might be a little bit more conservative, but more conservative is good for Chris Godwin because he might take less shots downfield. Where's Chris Godwin going to operate? He's going to operate in that intermediate zone that Brady has made a career out of, peppering guys like Julian Edelman in that sort of range and role. And you're talking about there's no AB. You've got Russell Gage, who's a little bit banged up. You've got Julio Jones, who's going to be a field stretcher. He's going to kind of intertwine a little bit with what Mike Evans is going to do. Mike Evans is going to be the red zone guy. There's no Gronk. So you're talking about tight end targets that were going there. You know, Cameron Brake will get some. Carl Rudolph, maybe, might get a few. Um, but ultimately, it all steers towards if Chris Godwin is healthy, Chris Godwin is going to see a huge workload well above where he's going in drafts right now. And I just don't like, I, I think people forget that Chris Godwin went to the pro bowl. He had that incredible season. Even last season, he was still having a very good season before he was hurt. And he is a very fantasy efficient player. Like he might not have those huge 30, 40 point weeks that the Jamar chases and the J Justin Jefferson's and the Cooper cups are going to have. 
but he's going to put up a lot of those sort of 19 to 23 point weeks in PPR because he's going to get peppered. He's going to get those targets. He's in the right range. And if he's healthy, he's on the field. There's no doubt for me, he will finish as the top 15 wide receiver this year. Yeah. I, I love Godwin. I think, you know, that I've been a huge Godwin fan. I took him in our international dynasty league together. Um, I'm still a little bit concerned about the early season production, but I think you don't draft Godwin for that. I think the Bucks would be silly to put him out there week one and give him anything close to regular snaps. I don't care how healthy he is. Give him some time. Make sure that he yeah. has all the chance of the world to be 100% healthy and be ready to go for later in the season when they need him, right? That should be their mindset. And that's what we got to kind of factor that in fantasy-wise. So I'm a little concerned that People that draft him, they just have to go in knowing that I don't think you're going to get regular Chris Godwin stats for maybe even the first month. Because while guys come back, it's also how much does their production suffer in that first year back from the ACL tear or when they first come back from the ACL tear. All that sort of stuff factors in. So I think that first month, as long as you know, you got to probably get by maybe with him giving you you know half or 70% of what he normally would give you. If you're okay with that, and I am, in that sort of range mm-hmm. where you can get him in the, the sixth round or so, I'll start to take shots on him. There's sort of a tier receiver that once they go by, I'm willing to grab someone like Godwin because I figure in the second half of the year, he's going to have that extreme high end upside. So I'm with you that I really like him still. Um, he would need to maybe fall a little bit in drafts for me to take him. I wouldn't pay up for the wide receiver 21 price, but still somebody that I'm more than willing to have on my teams this year. And because I'm, I'm looking to compete for a title. And I think when the fantasy playoffs come around, Chris Godwin is going to be a top 10, top 15 receiver again. And you're going to be glad that you have him on your team. Yeah. And I think preseason is going to be important. I think if you see him. There's no play, way. No, there's no way. That'd be insane for them to put him out there in the preseason. No, like, there's I no mean, possible way. I, I think you'll see him play a little bit. Not much, oh, but I think you'll shocked. see him play a little bit in, in preseason game three. I'm of the Sean McVay, rest all my starters all preseason long. I am of that mindset. Like, do not put them in harm's way. Get I them agree. out there and practice and let's see what they can do. And get I them agree, ready. but I do think it's the sort of thing that I can see this coaching staff do. You know, Top Bowles has something to prove. I think he's going to want to win that final preseason game, go in with a win. I think he's going to want to see what he can do to make that decision for week one. Now, I'm not saying he, he might play a series. He might play one series. That's it. He might play three snaps. He might play five snaps. I don't know. But I think you might see him potentially this offseason. And then I think you're right. I think he will ease in slowly. I don't think he's going to be significantly a play week one, maybe week two. But I think by week three, I think you'll be getting a significant volume out of him. Because I think the Buccaneers, it's important for them to get this start. You know, this is an all-in roster. This is next year. This roster is awful. Like this, this is this is a title year, which means you can't afford to give up that many games. And I think they do take risks this year. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But let's talk about some players who we really don't like at their ADP. Uh, um, okay. And I know you don't like this bit. I'm just saying you don't like at their ADP. You don't. I'm not saying you dislike the player. I just think that their current ADP, you're going to pass them all day long because there's better value on the board. Well, one of them for me was Deontay Johnson, who I have not ended up with on many teams. But the other guy is Amari Cooper. And really, I just don't want him on my team this year. And I, like I said off the top, like there's a situation where almost any guy out there, you're willing at some point, they fall a couple rounds and you go, all right, I'll take a shot on him this year. I just don't want to do it with Cooper. And you look at like the fantasy pros, the, the aggregate ADP there, wide receiver 22, pick 58. 
like insanity. Um, I have him as wide receiver 35 in my rankings, mm. uh, underdog ADPs, wide receiver 34, really polarizing player for a long time. When you think about mm. what he's done, he's had these, these massive spike weeks and sometimes just like completely falls off the map, which is fine for fantasy. Maybe not what you want out of your number one receiver that he's going to give you some games where he was putting up under 20 yards, but he's been kind of that guy that some people are really hot on or really cold on. And I, I understand that that's fine. One thing that he's been dealing with the last couple of years, all these lower body injuries, and I can rattle it off foot, ankle, knee, hamstring, quad, just like everything you could possibly imagine. He's injuring when it comes to his legs and his feet and down that range. Um, he missed practice time in camp, ankle issues again this year. So that's still popping up. Maybe it was just veteran rest days and they were blaming it on the ankle. But still, I think injuries are going to impact him at this point. And he's going from an offense with the Cowboys where they were throwing a lot. A couple of years there, they had really bad defenses, not last year, but prior to that. And they had to throw the ball a ton. Now he's going to this Kevin Stefanski offense. They ranked 28th in pass attempts each of the last two years. It really tends to favor a more balanced passing attack. And, and I'm burying the lead here that the quarterback situation, he's not going from Dak Prescott to Deshaun Watson. At this point, I think it seems like Watson is going to miss quite a bit of time this year. I know the initial thing was six games. Seems like that's going to be increased, even if it's only increased to eight or 12 mm-hmm. games. That's still a lot of the season where Cooper's going to be hard to trust with a Jacoby Brissett out there. The rumors of the Jimmy G trade potentially happening, like maybe that could come down. But still, I'm worried about Cooper going over to this offense where we've seen talents like uh, Odell Beckham struggle. We want to blame that all on Baker Mayfield. I don't think so. I think in this system, they're going to spread the ball around. They still want to lean on the run. They got a great offensive line. They're going to have a great running game. They're going to power their offense through that. And Cooper is going to continue to be this really inconsistent player. Better player when Watson will be out on the field. Sure. But I'm not confident that Watson's going to play that much this season. Maybe at the end of the year, we'll see. So Cooper, somebody that I've stayed completely away from Mm. this year. I'm exactly the same. Got him at wide receiver 33. I might even revise that further because that's on Watson missing six to eight games. I think Watson can miss the year. I think that's a realistic outcome now. Um, The NFL seem very confident that that is going to be the likely outcome. Pushing for it. And they're pushing for it. And I think they're going to get it. And I think now you have to look at Cooper and go, I just don't, I don't want any part of that. I mean, I might sprinkle late, very late in a deep draft. I might have some DPJ on the grounds of if Cooper's not fit, they've got to throw the ball to someone. I can I can get on board with DPJ in like the last round or if you're in those deep rounds, you can get him in like the 15th to the 18th round. I'm on board with that because I think, they, as I say, someone's got to get the ball. I don't think anyone else there, I, th- I don't think Cooper plays. I don't think Cooper plays yeah. 17 games. You mentioned all the injuries. So someone's going to have to get the ball. It looks like DPJ is going to be that guy. They're not going to bring someone else in, especially if Watson's going to get suspended. Anthony Swartz is unproven at this level they haven't david bell anyone. david bell's interesting the rookie david bell I, is interesting i and like he david could bell. Be, and he again if you want to take a late round deep deep league flyer on david bell in a redraft league i'm all for it but i yeah i can't see cooper on any of my teams i um, will also say year. murph and I, i've said this before that like i that that brown's offense one of the things for me in fantasy is like i want to be able to watch the games and root for my <laughs> rankings and root for my teams yeah. 
You I don't want to root for the Browns this year. No. Whether Deshaun Watson's out there or not, that's just not a team that I want to have to be watching. If he's not out there, their offense won't be that great. If he is out there, it's going to disgust me to, to watch their games. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to have to be, you know, my fantasy hopes are clinging to, is Deshaun Watson going to be able to find Amari Cooper in week 15? I know some people play it differently. Some people are going to just go for the value and mm-hmm. maybe later in the season, Cooper will come through if Watson's out there. But for me, uh, that won't be fun for me doing that. I want fantasy to be fun. And on top of the fact that I'm trying to win. So I don't really want to invest in this passing attack. There is one, there's one guy on that roster who I, I'm, I'm rooting for, who I think is going to be an, a massive value now. David and Jokins? No, oh. Dearness Johnson is the guy I'm rooting for. Because <laughs> okay, I, I think yeah. Kareem Hunt, I think Kareem Hunt's gonna get cut. Seems like it. Because he was on the he was on the bubble anyway. It looks like he's gonna go. No one's gonna trade for him. No one's gonna trade for that contract when you know they're gonna cut him. He's gonna he's gonna go. Dearness Johnson, I think, is a is a good bet there. He can play in that receiving game. We saw bits of it last season. I think he's a really good late round stash here, especially if you're drafting around about now. I really like Dearness Johnson, and he's someone I could get on board and watch because he's not much part of that passing attack. He's, he's probably the only Brown this season, maybe outside of DPJ, who I um, can watch with some confidence and go, I'm quite happy to see them succeed. Um, one of the guys who I'm fading massively, and again, this isn't talent. This isn't talent. He's a fantastic player. It's ADP, and it's T. Higgins. We're talking about he's going at wide receiver 12. He's going at pick 31. This is no smirch on his talent. I think T. Higgins is the safest wide receiver two that you can draft. I think he is a very, very safe player who's going to finish somewhere between wide receiver 15 and wide receiver 20. He's going to finish very comfortably with a lot of very good Wide receiver two, some wide receiver one finishes, but mostly he's going to be those wide receiver two, wide receiver three finishes. And he's going to be a very consistent player. Nothing bad to say about that. I don't get the upside. I don't see it. And and if someone wants to come out there and explain to me where T Higgins is going to have these big weeks where he is going to finish with multiple wide receiver one weeks outside of a Jamar Chase injury, then I, I'm willing to listen. But I can just see him as a very good, very solid fantasy player who is going to have a lot of value on your team. But as the as we're talking about, he's being drafted as a wide receiver one in PPR. I don't see it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You of all people should know that there could be two wide receiver ones on the same team. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, right? Like they, they did it. I think that's the situation we're in with Higgins. And I get that the price tag is high and I get that people don't want to spend up with a, a third round pick to get a guy that's not even the number one receiver on his own team. But I would argue, you know, being the in the situation that he's in being the, you know, one, one, a one, a one B, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think he's he's not Chase, but he's not far off in terms of his production. You look at what he did last year. 
part of the reason, if you want to look at his numbers last season, early in the year, he got banged up. He started mm-hmm. pretty strong first couple games. Then he got banged up. And when he first came back, clearly was kind of knocking the rust off and, and getting back to 100%. Once he actually was on the field for 75% of the snaps or more, this is what he did. So his numbers from that point on were higher than Chase's actually for the rest of the season. It was a nine game sample from week eight to week 17. Higgins had at least 60 yards in seven of those nine games, had at least 97 yards in five of those nine games. And his full stat line during that time, 49 catches, 835 yards and four touchdowns to Chase's 44, 675 and seven touchdowns. So Chase had more touchdowns. That was it. Higgins actually beat him. Now, I'm not saying I think Chase is unbelievable. I think Chase is that kind of guy where you look at him and you go, this guy doesn't get hurt. This guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like he's just came into the league and immediately one of the best receivers. So I'm this isn't a question of I'm team Higgins, team Chase. I just think right. both these guys are going to be fantastic. I think Joe Burrow showed last year he can keep this passing attack going. At the start of last season, Burrow was coming back from the ACL tear and they kind of went easy in the passing attack they ran a little more early in the season and they cranked up their passing volume as the year went along and we saw huge numbers from both these guys and during that nine game stretch Higgins was averaging the seventh most fantasy points among receivers 14.7 points amongst qualified receivers I always take out like the I think it was like Christian Wilkerson or somebody like had like (laughs) a big game like a couple guys had like one big game I don't put them in there um and the 14.7 points the seventh most among receivers that that Higgins was averaging slightly more than chase chase was 14.6 so but that's i think ceiling. he can be right up there that, that is the ceiling. And like i said i think chase is going to be one of the top two or top three receivers this season but i still think that higgins can give you low-end wide receiver one numbers this year i i just am in this mindset of i look at teams lose super bowl and listen i know this is a bit of a lazy narrative i i appreciate this more than than anyone, that there's no analytical basis for this. But we know teams who lose Super Bowls do get this hangover, especially to start seasons. We saw this with the Chiefs last season. We've seen this with the 49ers. We've seen this historically, that teams that lose the Super Bowls do tend to start historically slow the following season. Burrow's been banged up. He's finally coming back to practice now. I know he's not going to need a lot of time to acclimatize to the offense because it is the same offense you still well, it was like Tyler... it was it an appendectomy right it was yeah. like he has appendix out it wasn't like yeah, he, like had any injury we're not talking right? about major surgery no but he's he's out you've got a brand new offensive line it's great they invested that is going to take time to gel they're going to make a lot of mistakes you still have tyler boyd there you still have joe mixon there you still have a lot of targets that are going to uh, you know t-, t higgins got 110 targets last season I think that's about where he's going to be, which is a lot of targets, but I can't see this jump. For me, if you're going to finish, if you're going to finish in the the top 12 wide receivers, you're either going to need to be a huge target volume. We're talking 130, 140 targets pass, or you're going to have to be someone like Chase, who doesn't need that many targets because he's going to get the huge yards after catch, massive big playability, uh, and all those elements. Was the 110 so, targets, was that with the missed games? That was his total uh, for the season? Four, like he that missed was his total for the then. season. So he missed, yeah, he missed three games. So, okay, if you aggregate that up, you're looking at closer to 120 if he plays all games. And and that might happen. I don't know. I, I think you're going to... I would not be surprised if his target numbers finished south of 120 um, or around that number. I Listen, I'm not besmirching him. I've got him at wide receiver 15. I'm not saying that this is a huge, gross 
for me, it's too much. I can't see if I'm going to draft a guy in the top 12, I need to be sure that the guy's going to be in contention to finish in the top three. That's my way of playing. That's fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. For me, I want a guy who's going to shoot for the moon. So I'm quite happy to take a Deontay Johnson because on that kind of volume, if he gets anywhere near where he got last season, he's going to be right. You know, he wasn't that far away. He was, you know, 20, 30 points, gets a couple of touchdowns. That could break his way. You look at players who, like Mike Evans, a couple of touchdowns, plays a few more games. He's a top four, top five player. It's hard but it could happen. I just don't see a path to T Higgins being a top four or five wide receiver. I just don't see it. I think if you're paying wide receiver 12, you're kind of hoping he's a wide, he finishes there. And I think you're paying the ceiling costs. And I just want to avoid guys where you're buying them at their ceiling. Now, if he slides around, I'm in and I've drafted him where he has slid. He's slid around round and a half. I'm buying. Cause I do think he's got huge value. That's the safest wide receiver two you'll ever find in fantasy football. Probably this season, I'd book him anywhere. Wide receiver 15, that sort of range, I think you can book it. I think you could literally write that in pen and say he will be at least there. No well, problem. It's, it's funny that we're saying this, but you know, with all the, the hope that the Browns had for their offense in the last few years mm-hmm. and how they were kind of building this like young core up and it was starting to look like they could have some real playmakers there the Bengals just shot right past them. The Bengals offense is the complete opposite of the Browns. I want lots of pieces of the Bengals offense. I want to be watching. It's going to be so exciting. And I wonder if they're going to avoid the Super Bowl hangover because they brought in some of those new pieces on the offensive line. And that is, it's going to be such a massive upgrade to go from what they had on that right side of the line to what they're going to have now if those guys can stay healthy. And I agree it's going to take a little bit of time, but it's a big time upgrade for the rushing attack and the passing attack there. But I get you, I I I think that logic makes a lot of sense of not wanting to pay what you believe is the the peak for a player um, at their ADP. So I, I understand that. Yeah, and that's just where I am. It's it's not on the player. Okay, we're we're running close to time here. Is there who is someone under the radar for you who you think is someone who either should be higher up in ADP? I'm talking about guys like maybe past wide receiver 36. Someone who is a, a good late round dart, who you think? I mean, we've mentioned a few guys on the show, but yeah. is there anyone I'll, out there who you think is, is yeah, well there's worth more? It? There's more. I'll rattle some off. Um, Jalen Tolbert on the Cowboys, mm-hmm. just with the opportunity there, the injuries that they have, the situation where it's CD Lamb, it's Dalton Schultz, and then who is it, right? Cooper's gone, Gallup won't be back till the second half of the year. James Washington, we've weirdly talked about multiple times on this episode. <laughs> um, James Washington is out for a couple months here, so. The rookie Tolbert, third rounder, uh, he's going to have a shot. I, I kind of profiled him to like a, like a Jeremy Macklin type when he was coming out, like a guy who mm. could stretch the field, kind of a vertical player, but also could kind of develop underneath as well. So I, I like him in that offense, and I think he could get some real opportunity early in the season. Uh, KJ Osborne, I really like. We saw Adam Thielen go down last year in the, the last mm. six games after Thielen went down. Uh, Osborne had five touchdowns down the stretch last year. The Minnesota coaching staff came in, the new coaching staff. They're saying they want to pass more have more of a modern offense. That could mean a little more for everybody in that passing attack. And if Thielen, who is getting up there, I'm still willing to take shots on Thielen because when he is out there for the last five years in the games that he's played, he's average wide receiver one numbers in fantasy. But if he goes down, if he gets hurt again, if the age starts getting to him, then we could see Osborne just absolutely explode in this offense. And I like the camp reports we're hearing about him as well. 
Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, I'll say a Bills one. Um, I think at this point we can say that Isaiah McKenzie is, is locked down that slot role in that offense. So a uh, place that we've seen Cole Beasley put up really big stats. McKenzie could maybe won't get the same kind of volume, but could be a lot more explosive from that position, a lot faster and do more once he does get the ball in his hands. So that's kind of exciting. He's a guy that you can get pretty late. And Paris Campbell is one that I'm dying on this hill, Murph. I'm dying on it. He gets hurt every <laughs> single year. But we know the talent's there, and this year he's back out there. Now he's got Matt Ryan, some you know chemistry with Matt Ryan, um, and apparently they've been connecting quite a bit in practice. Campbell running as the number two receiver behind Michael Pittman there. They need somebody to step up. I know Al Pierce will make his attempt to take over that role. He's the rookie there. They have Ashton Doolin as a pretty good number four, a field-stretching type guy. But Paris Campbell could emerge at, from that slot, could get a lot of targets from Matt Ryan there. And yeah, if he gets hurt again, I'll accept it. But where you get him in drafts, there's not really that much risk involved. So why not spend a late round pick and hope that he can finally get it done? Last year before he got hurt, had a couple games with over 50 yards. I'm really looking at that and saying, man, what if that could continue? So that's the one that normally I'll get off the train and before it crashes. But in this one, I'm going to stay there and keep going and, and hope that Campbell finally comes through for us. I love it. I love most of those. I can't get on the Paris Campbell chain, but I understand why you're there and that's fine. <laughs> I had to say one that you and wouldn't agree with. Oh, uh, yeah. I, but the rest of them, Gentile, all of that, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm still weirdly on the Gallup train. I do think he comes back <laughs> earlier than the first half of the season. And I think similar to Godwin, because of the opportunity and the skill level, I do think he can produce some big weeks down the stretch. And I think you can get him at, I think he's like wide receiver 55 now. I think he's so cheap that you can just, if you play, especially if you're playing in a league where there is, um, um, uh, you know, an IR and you have more flexible IR rules, then I think, you know, he's someone I'm easily picking up so late, I'm stashing, putting on the IR, great. And then I'll just play, I'll pick someone else and then whatever. Um, but I'm with you on that. Russell Gage for me, uh, wide receiver 47, pick 117. His ADP is just gross. It's so low, it's ridiculous. Like, why would you not pick up any part of that offense um, when it's that cheap? Um, I think he's a perfect, like, 8 for 80 guy. And I'm not saying he's going to score a ton of touchdowns, but you're talking about a flex play at that range of the draft. He's going to yeah, have a lot sure. of those. He's going to have a lot of those 8 for 80 stat lines this season. That's just the kind of guy he's going to be. Um, he's going to have a lot of those sorts of types of games. And, um, you know, he's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be. A, he's not going to show up on a load of highlight reels, and he's not going to show up on red zone all that often. But you know what? It's the kind of guy who's just going to be a very solid flex play through the season, especially by week covers. And that's kind of what you're looking for in that range. It's um, someone who's going to be a solid contributor for your team. Jacoby Myers, very similar, wide receiver fifty three. We're talking about he's the best. Um, I mean, he's the he's the number one target on his team. I'm taking any player who's the number one target on their team that late. Like you're yeah. talking about a guy who has that upside to potentially be a low-end wide receiver too, maybe even better if, if it all breaks right for him. Yeah, we know the touchdowns is an issue. Yeah, we, we know that they tried so hard to break that touchdown. Duck. Like it got <laughs> comical towards the end of last season. I do think he's got some touchdown regression in him. I do think it will get better. Um, I think there's some real players sort of late down. You know, we've, we've talked about so many. We've talked about uh, Dubes. We've talked about, um, you know, we've talked about so many of these guys. I, I like someone like Van Jefferson, just in case, uh, you know, he's going at wide receiver 67. I think he's someone that could have uh, a role. You mentioned Alec Pierce. He's another one I love. Wide receiver 75. Um, 
you know, there are so many players. Isaiah McKenzie, I think, is someone for the Bills. I think he's going to flash. I think he's going to be one of the it, more best ball sort of pick. I think he's going to have these huge spike games. We saw this, especially when Gabe Davis went down. He had that huge week yep. at the uh, end of the season. He's someone I, I really sort of keep an eye on. The last guy, and he's definitely going up. I don't even know where his ADP is. I tried looking for it. It's so low. It's, uh, it's outside the top uh, 100. Um, and it's Richard Higgins. That's so, yeah, that's a deep cut. Yep. It's a really deep pick. Um, but he's got that relationship with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's going to a new team. He's going to want some familiarity. We know that Robbie Anderson did not get it done last year. We know that Terrence Marshall Jr. is in this bit of no man's land. He was drafted with the offensive coordinator in mind, his college offensive coordinator. He's gone. We've got a coach on the hot seat. They're going to need production pretty quickly. Well, the coach is going to be gone, Matt Rule. We know he is really, really in trouble. So they're going to put Baker Mayfield in situations It's like go make plays. So you're going to make plays with the guys you've got relationships with. And I just think Rashad Higgins is going to find a good role. And I'm, listen, I'm not saying he's going to be a wide receiver one here. So, yeah, but you're deep, talking about a guy who's absolutely sure. – Yeah, but he's definitely someone who's going to have flex playability very early in the season because whilst he's getting acclimatized to that situation, he's going to target the guy he knows. We've got no tight end there to worry about. You've got Christian McCaffrey. You've got DJ Moore. I think Rashad Higgins is going to be in, in big situations, especially in close games. He's going to be that third read, at least in the beginning. And that might change over the season. But yeah. for a guy you're getting for free, yeah, I'm, I'm risking it. I'm definitely yeah. taking him in the last round in a lot of drafts because I just think he's on nobody's radar. You don't even have to draft him. You could literally just wait, pick him up in a week or two's time. Um, wait on some camp reports if you want, but I'm taking him at the last pick of quite a few drafts because I just think, why not? I'm looking at someone and someone asked the question, you know, who's my who's my breakout bust and sleeper? We talked about breakout, Rashad Bateman. I'm with you on that 100%. Bust, my bust is actually Jalen Waddle at ADP. I just don't get his ADP at ADP 14 because the Dolphins aren't going to support two top 14 wide receivers. I think don't... they could potentially have two top 20 guys, but yeah, Absolutely. top 14 is very, very high to a high price to pay for Waddle. Yeah. And, that's and it I seems just... like they're like Tyreek looks fantastic and it seems like they're really excited to feature Tyreek. So both those guys are going to have good years, but both of the top 14 is might be a little bit of a stretch this season yeah. for sure. I will say though, one thing I think we should mention before we leave is um, strategy wise with these receivers, we are talking to all these deep guys Strategy wise, I think it's important to say I'm grabbing in that range that we talk about the Batemans and the Moonies kind of in the, the middle of the, the draft, sort of the, you know, fourth to seventh or eighth round. There are so many quality receivers in that range that I tend to load up. And by the time we get to the late rounds, I don't grab many of these deep guys. One, because like you said, ceiling isn't the same. I don't think they're going to get up into the top 15, top 20. Mm. They're just going to be more depth pieces. Maybe they give you a wide receiver three week and two because that's the range that I want really want to load up on running backs and try to get mm-hmm. some of those deep running backs and go back to that conversation of trying to find those Philip Lindsay's and James Robinson's and stuff. So for me, I know they're asking for sleepers. I mean, we ran through a bunch of them just there, but for me, I don't grab a lot of receivers after sort of the, the 10th round or so I'm normally trying to fill out my roster with them in the top 100. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very similar in my builds, but instead of taking like a kicker, if you're playing in a traditional league where you play, kicker at DST I won't take a kicker I'll take an extra wide receiver and I'll bet on one of these guys who are late because I'll go get a kicker off waivers or stream kickers or whatever like you don't need to draft a kicker 
in any league unless it's very specific scoring that favors you drafting a kicker. So that's where I quite like talking about those guys because I will always take one in that range because I'm betting on a camp guy to try and go up in value because then at that point, you've got a really nice decision to make. You've got a guy who you think, okay, this guy's now well elevated in the depth chart and he's actually going to be quite a good um, playmaker for your team. And then maybe you get someone injured. And, And the likelihood is, the roster that you draft, depending on how late you draft, if you're drafting now, you're drafting 16 guys, give or take, 15, 16 guys, maybe 20 guys, depending on the type of league. The chances are one of those guys is going to go onto a short-term IR. It's just probability. that, that Yeah. That's, I'm not saying it's going to Is that happen. a Paris Campbell shot? Well, it's not a Paris <laughs> Campbell shot. It's an any player shot. It's just, it's just traditionally like there's a chance, a, a significant chance that one of those players – is going to be banged up and miss a few weeks. And we've got this short-term boomerang IR still in place. Or there's a COVID breakout. There's all these sorts of factors that could end up with these players being on short-term IR or pop or whatever. So I always think, do you know what? I don't get drafting a kicker because there's always going to be a roster spot that frees up. You might get an unexpected cut. Someone who gets cut, like you draft Kareem Hunt and he gets cut. You know, that sort of situation <laughs> tends to transpire. And then, For sure. You know, I always think that's why I just don't draft a kicker. I take a chance on one of these guys if they are. It's buying an extra lottery ticket. If it hits, congratulations. If it doesn't hit, you cut the guy. You get a kicker. It doesn't matter. Like it. it that's where I like that that strategies. But I think running backs I agree. There's some really good late round guys this year. Really good late round guys. I think you know we talked about Marlon Mack. I still think Trey Sermon's a guy. I think there's a lot of guys there. So I love it. Um, tell everyone, Boom, where they can get your draft kit, where they can get access to your content, where they can find you online, pepper you with questions uh, and everything else. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Justin Boone. A lot of my links to my content, links to our draft kit are there. You should be downloading the score app, which is free. All my content can be found over at the score, including that draft kit. We're updating it daily. Lots of new stuff in there. We put offensive line rankings last week. I just went and did a mid-month update of the Dynasty rankings. I normally don't do that, but we had so much stuff happen over the last couple of weeks with training camp and injuries and stuff that I felt it was necessary. So I did that over the weekend. And I continue to update everything in there, the breakouts, the busts, the sleepers. As we get injuries, I keep going back and kind of updating that stuff. So it's going to be up to date when you draft, and it's going to be all free for you on the Score app. Score Fantasy Football Podcast. You can come hear me there. We've had Murph on before. We're definitely going to have to have Murph on at some point again this season. And uh, yeah, just getting really excited for the season. Let's uh, let's do it. Let's go win some titles. Absolutely. There's lots of titles to be won. Lots of great drafts still to go ahead. Uh, be releasing some news this week on uh, our listener leagues. Uh, need to get together with the guys and just get those sorted. So keep an eye out for those. Um, but Justin, thanks so much for coming on. This has been a useful show. We talked through some stuff. We've put together some good arguments for and against players. I think we've given people some good information here to, to go out there and, and be ready for drafts. You know, we did um, we did quarterbacks with Joe Pisapir two weeks ago. Two weeks before that, we did pa- Pat Fitzmaurice and running back. So if you haven't checked out those episodes, check them out with this one. Uh, listen to them together because that's giving you the complete picture of all of these positions. We've still got tight ends to do, and we're going to do tight ends um, as well as we get ready for draft season. But it is well and truly here. Don't forget to buy your copy of the Fantasy Football Playbook on Amazon. And if you do, please do leave a review. Um, Really appreciate everybody who's bought uh, a copy of the book. 
Um, or you could buy it from also our website if you want to buy the PDF copy. Just go to fiveyearrush.co.uk. Um, check out the Dynasty Guys tomorrow. Check out all the content that we're putting out. Loads of great content. Um, Lewis put out a great article on ADP smashers in which he also talks about Deontay Johnson being a, a smasher at ADP as well. Just putting that out there, Justin, just in case you missed it. <laughs> um, okay, you guys can all be wrong. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what we do here to sign the pond. Um, <laughs> But just thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks, for everyone, for the well wishes over the previous weeks. I really appreciate it. And don't forget, as always, keep rushing. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 